Fiction and reality. New stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment. Hey everybody, welcome to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. This is episode two. I'm your host, The Rocket Noob, and we are talking about Fliss Kits today. For those of you who've been in the hobby for a while, you probably know about Fliss Kits, a small independent model rocket company based out of New England uh, that make interesting, unique kits. Some of them are very simple. Some of them are very challenging. And if you're new to the hobby, you might be asking yourself, well, what is Fliss Kits? Well, I just explained that. If you're looking for something to uh, stretch your stretch your abilities and step outside of Estes, it's one of the many options out there available to you, a small independent model rocket kit company. Uh, now, it, it, as you listen to the first half of this show, it'll become evident that this episode was actually a year and a half in the making. And this is only episode two of this podcast, and you might be asking yourself why, why that is. Well, this was originally supposed to be an episode of The Rocketry Show, but after recording this and working on editing a lot of it down and, and uh, coming up with the whole storyline, uh, my computer crashed. I lost everything that I edited, and uh, I actually couldn't find the original sound files for a while. And so uh, eventually when I did, uh, so much time had passed, and, and I, it was just, just a lot of work putting it back together. And I actually felt kind of bad because, as you'll hear, we're going to talk to Jim Fliss, the originator of Fliss Kits, and he took time to talk to me, and I felt really bad because I'm, I'm sure he was looking forward to hearing the show. But actually, I think this is going to be a better show now because a couple reasons. First of all, this is now the Model Rocket Show, uh, so it's exclusively focused on uh, model rocketry and four people who are into model rocketry. So it's not going to get lost among all the high power topics that we cover on the the rocketry show. Uh, but also, a couple of years have passed, and so uh, we get the chance to check back in and see how Fliss Kits is doing now a couple of years on. So I hope you like the episode. Here it goes. Fliss Kits starting in five, four, three, two, one. It's the Model Rocket Show with Daniel, the rocket noob. The podcast that's all about model rockets you fly in a park and fly in motors G-size or smaller. And now, here's your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. Red MIT t-shirt. So if, you, uh, if you're looking to pick up a, an F-51 CTI 3-grain 24mm and you've got something to trade for it or just want to buy it outright, go see Frank. So a couple of seasons ago, I went to the 16th annual Fliskits Anniversary Launch, held by my club, CMAS, every year to celebrate the anniversary of Fliskits being in business. Jim Fliss, the owner of the company, uh, is a longtime member of the club, and so we like to celebrate every year. Now, this particular one was special because it was going to be the very last Fliskits Anniversary Launch. Jim had decided it was time for him to get out of the model rocket business and so this was kind of a, a bittersweet event for us, a chance to say, thank you, Mr. Fliss. Thank you so much, sir. The Fliss Kits anniversary launch was always special to me. My very first club launch was a Fliss Kits launch. I got my level one high power certification at a Fliss Kits launch, and it was our biggest event of the year. Lots of families, a lot of first timers. And we launched literally hundreds of rockets a day, large and small. Uh, we'll be back here in October 6th. 
To top it off, Jim always provided cake, so it was always a great day. You know what you can do, but volunteer to throw the trailer and then you can park on the field. <laughs> now, my son was only five months old at the time, and because we had a baby, I hadn't been to a launch at all that year. How's he doing? Okay. And my wife and I decided that if I could only go to one launch event all year, this being the final Fliss Kits launch had to be it. So I prepped a ton of rockets, packed up the car, and we loaded in our toddler and went up to Amesbury, Massachusetts for the day. The skies were cloudy, but there was no wind, so it was perfect for low-altitude, low-power flights. People would always bring special rockets to the Fliss Kids launch, and so you got to see some really unusual flights, including this crowd pleaser, which was a large saucer pulling four rainbow-colored streamers. They were, I don't know, 150, 200 feet long, pulling them off of rollers on the ground as it went up. When the rocket falls back to the earth, the streamers slow it to an incredible slow-motion touchdown. And number two. Going up in five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. Very nice. Don't hurt the streamers, folks. He wants to fly it again next year. All right. After all that, back to the regular rocket. If you belong to a club, I think it's really important to volunteer if you can. Club launches run on volunteers. You need people to set up the launch equipment, to do safety check-in, and do launch control. That's the person who does the countdown and presses the button. Uh, maybe somebody to run concessions. And finally, at the end of the day, you need someone to help break things down and pack everything up. It's also a really great way to get to know people in the club. I signed up for an hour of launch control officer duty. So when I got there, I took over the controllers to give our club president a bit of a break. I really like doing launch control. I get to press the button on a lot of rockets. Out on pad five, we got Mike Lehman with an Estes Big Daddy uh, flying on an E-12-4. Pad five has good continuity. Pad five going in five, four, three, two, one. Ignition. It's out on the chutes. Very nice. We will put you on pad number one. Oh, give me paper. Hey there. Show me rocket. Pink Big Bertha. I like that. Nice. We'll put you on pad number two. Need to see that. Okay, we got ourselves on Swiss Kiss Rhino. You put your name down and put a tick next to your name there if you want to compete for uh, most number of flights. I don't think this is going to win this one. Charlie Mayer has got to speed. We'll have you set that up on pad number 10. Okay. Right, thank you very much. You're welcome. What are we expecting for altitude? Island pad one, we have Alden Stewart flying a Big Bertha. 
on an Estes D125. Pad one has good continuity. Pad one is going in five, four, three, two, one. Ignition. Yeah. That's a great rocket for D motors. Nice flight. Beach 87 IMAX. Yep. All right, we are up to pad five. Mike Densmore flying a really nice looking uh, S, uh, Fliss Kits uh, Journeyman. It's a nicely, nice looking rocket. Pad five has good continuity. Pad five going in five, four, three, two, one. Ignition. Oh, yeah. No roll at all in that. Beautiful flight. The main highlight of the day was always the Frickin' Frack drag race. The Frickin' Frack is a two-stage rocket sold by Fliskets, but it's unusual for a two-stager. It's a, it's a two-stage saucer. So if you're unfamiliar with saucers, they, they go up flat. They look like a UFO going up. And because of their high drag, they tend to stay quite low. And while a lot of two-stage rockets are made to go really high, there's something really fun about watching this two-stage saucer, partly because it stages, but it stays so low. So I'm seeing two, four, five, six... Seven. I think I see eight freaking fracks drag racing at once. Just a minute, we're getting them all loaded up. No, there's gonna be eleven of them. Is it ten or eleven? Uh, I think they're gonna hit all eleven of them. So far, they've got ten. <laughs> this is gonna be epic. Have you ever seen one of these? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fliss Kids launch was the first club launch I ever attended. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, couple, about three years ago. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. This has been a good day. It's yeah. been fun. These are always fun launches. Oh, yeah. I'm just so proud. You know, everybody's flying the rockets. We have a good old time. I'm just yeah. glad to be able to do this. It's going to be sad not doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I get a bigger reaction out of a multi freaking frack drag race and i've seen empowered sparkies get yeah <laughs> well they're fun and you know it's fun to see a multiples of any single rocket go yeah. off at once you know? it puts something that stages at 30 feet yeah <laughs> guy wadsworth on pad one with a b60 to a b60 wenham troop 28 participating with c60 to a c60 Kevin Foss on three with b60 to a c60 greg Carell on four c60 to a c60 Kid Corporation, C60 to a C60 on pad 5. Pad 8, Michael Lehman, two C60s, I assume, not just the one. Pad 9, Claude Mena, B60 to a C60. Tony Vincent, B60 to a C60. And Ed Patterson Gordon on 11, B60 to a C60. Okay, everybody, repeat those back to me. Okay, 10 way drag race going up in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, liftoff. The only one that didn't go is Pad 5, which was <laughs> Fliskets Corporation. 
after the drag race, I finally got the chance to talk to Jim. All right. Um, this is the 16th annual and uh, final Fliss Kits anniversary launch, and I'm talking to Jim Fliss. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing well. It's been a good day to fly. Dead calm and overcast. Dead calm and overcast. We're keeping the rockets a little bit low, but, you know, it's been really fun. And for those of us who really like low power, it's a perfect day. It is just picture perfect. And frankly, since we're able to keep certain high power under 1,000 feet, we've actually gotten a lot of really nice high power flights up. So it's, it's been good all around. Yeah, we had a few high, pl- high power saucers that were a lot of fun to watch. And uh, yeah, it's been great. And the Frickin' Frack Drag Race was a lot of fun. That's always epic. Uh, the response we get to the Frickin' Frack Drag Race is, is typically even better than you see from a, a high power Sparky motor. It's just, it, yeah. it surprises people, and I love them. So you're, I noticed yours didn't leave the rod. What happened there? Yeah, I had a igniter burn through. Uh, typically, when we get that many, we had 10 on the pad this time. We get that many, there's always one or two that don't light. This time it was mine. Yeah, that's bad luck. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What made you decide to start Fliss Kits in the beginning? I worked in the high-tech field, and I got laid off, and I spent six months trying to find a job only to discover there were probably five to 6,000 qualified engineers looking for a job and there were five job openings and it wasn't going to happen. Um, both of our kids were off to college. We just finished paying the mortgage on our house. So we were ever to risk something that was the time to do it. Yep. And I sat and talked with my wife about it and we decided to do it. I spent uh, nine months planning, putting together the your documentation for the beginning of our kids, designing the website, designing our logo and look that kind of thing. And uh, we launched the company, pun intended, uh, 16 years ago tomorrow will actually be our 16th anniversary. So that's the, what's today? The uh, 15th. So so tomorrow's the 16th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And how's it gone? Phenomenally well. Uh, I think the thing that's amazed me the most is the people who have been attracted to my kits are people who forgot what a builder's kit was. Because a lot of the, so many of the kits, there's so much preformed stuff and even ready to fly rockets that uh, the community, I think, forgot how to build kits, except for the scratch builders. And when they saw what I was offering, they were reintroduced to the builder's kit and they liked what they saw. Yeah. So. And so is that, that one of the things that you think, that's one of the things I think that sets your, your kits apart? Definitely. Well, it's, it's two things. One, it's, they're builder kits. And there are other companies out there that do builder kits. Um, but it's also the uniqueness of the designs. There are really no two Fliss Kits rockets that you can compare to each other and, and see that much in the way of similarities. There's so much difference in every design. Um, we try to cater to a lot of different uh, philosophies. Uh, people who like scale, sport, odd rock, gliders, helicopters, and we can satisfy part of that need. Um, and I think that's a, a big part of the appeal. And you're going to learn something new. Every time you build a Fliss Kit rocket, you're going to learn a new technique, be that cutting fins out of balsa wood, um, making paper shrouds, cutting body tubes. Uh, there's, and those can all be applied to anybody who's interested in scratch building, and all of a sudden they can scratch build things they never would have been able to before. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Fliss Kit? It is the Praetor. It's a kind of a plain-looking sport rocket, but it uh, it was my favorite long before I even thought about Fliss Kits, and it's still my favorite. It's just a cool-looking little rocket. And education, rocketry education has been kind of a big part of what you've done as well. Can you talk about that? I've, I've done rocketry education most of my life, usually working with youth groups and you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, that kind of thing. Uh, with Fliss Kits, it gave me the power to do a lot more. 
Um, so I've I've hosted with schools. I probably reach out to anywhere from 500 to 1,000 kids a year, all age groups. I've even done um, five- and six-year-olds at the Children's Museum for a couple of years. Um, and that is bar none a major part of what I like to do here. Another example, like I said, when you build one of our rockets, you learn a new technique. So I'm even trying to teach the diehard rocketeers been in it for 10 years. Uh, they don't know how to cut a tube or they don't know how to make a shroud. Um, they, they learn that. So I want to teach everybody. Yeah. And I also love it when one of my students comes back and teaches me things because I'm still learning. So I'm still picking stuff up. And even though Fliss Kits itself is going away, you're, you're going to continue with the educational portion. Right? I'm continuing. Oh, yeah. I, I've been teaching rocketry for going on 35 years, and I'm, that's not going to stop. Um, I've been a rocketeer since 1963. The hobby was only four years old, and uh, I'm still a rocketeer. I'm retiring from the business. I'm not retiring from the hobby by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, today, I'm not sure if you saw it, but we launched a, a new rocket that I just built a couple of weeks ago, a big pointy rocket. And yeah, It's the first rocket I've flown in 16 years for fun. Yeah, It's not a kit. It's not a Fliss kit. It's a Jim Fliss design. Um, it, I just built it for fun. I haven't been able to do that for two decades. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, occasionally on online forums, you see people who are interested in starting a, a rocket company, but I don't think people realize how much work that is. It's an enormous amount of work. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed in the past, and I try to point out to people who are thinking about it, you need to do something new constantly. I came out originally with 12 kits. Kato. Boom, yeah, that happens. I originally came out with 12 kits. But those 12 kits aren't what made me successful. What made me successful is I was coming out with new stuff all the time. Four, five, six new rockets a year, every year. When somebody came to my website and they bought all of the rockets that I had that they were interested in, within three months they had a reason to come back to my website because I had something new. And then they would only not only see the new thing, but they would look again at some of the older things that they'd have, and they'd buy some of that too. But by coming out with new stuff all the time, I gave them reason to come back to the website, reason to think about Fliss Kits and to see what we were up to. Um, if you're going to do a company and you're going to come out with four or five rockets, and two years later you've got the same four or five rockets, you're simply not going to succeed. It's not going to happen. And that constant innovation is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of money. It costs anywhere from, depending on the rocket, anywhere from one to $3,000 to announce a new rocket. Yeah. Okay. And when you're doing four or five, six a year, yeah, there, there's a serious investment there. Now, not only in time, but in real capital, real money. Yeah. Real money. And you're, but now, now that you're getting out of the business, I imagine you'll have more time to fly your own. I'll have more time to fly my own, more time. There is, I've got dozens, if not hundreds of designs that never made it uh, into production. That probably would have if I stayed in the business. Um, but they'll certainly make it to my launch pad. Yeah. And I also get to spend a lot more time with my family, especially my grandkids. And it, it, tell, tell us why you've decided to, to leave the business. To have more time to myself, more time for, for me and my wife, more time with the grandkids. Um, I, it really came to a head, it was several months ago, maybe a year ago. I was downstairs trying to get a, a panic set of orders out the door that had been running late, and I don't like my orders to sit around for long. And uh, while the whole time I'm doing it, I could hear my wife upstairs playing with the grandkids. And that just ripped me apart. And uh, as much as I love rocketry and as much as I love the business, um, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to make time for yeah. life. I'm, you I'm know? getting on in years, and if I'm going to be, you know, Spending my, my time as I'm getting older is going to be with uh, my grandkids. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, that's really great. And so we will still see you at these launches, won't we? Oh, Lord, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll be here. I'm a fixture. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, thanks a lot. 
Thanks for hosting these launches. Oh yeah, uh, for such a long time uh, means a lot to me. It was my my first club launch was a Fliss Kits anniversary launch a couple years ago. Very cool. And uh, so you know, well, I want to thank everybody out there who's going to listen to this that that have supported us, and I'm, I don't mean just with an order uh, that have supported what we're doing. Um, couldn't have done it without you. Um, I can sit down and brag all about my designs and you know how I uh, supported rocketry. But it's all meaningless if it wasn't for the people out there supporting me. The number of people who have come to me saying they heard about me from somebody else. Word of mouth has been my best advertising. Um, I, I cannot get over the, the reaction that people have given to me and, and what I've done here. And I, It's humbling. It really is. Oh, there was one other question. I, I know that you were, if, if you, the right buyer came along, you would be interested in selling. Have you, have you had any offers on the company? Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you I, tell us about I it? I can't tell you squat just yet, uh, but it won't be long before you start hearing things. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe some good, good news. Good question. There. I was actually surprised you didn't open with that one. Well, I I had a, I had kind of a list in my head, an informal list, and I wanted to make sure I didn't forget that yes, one. Yes, that uh, some, you know. some talk is happening as we speak, most definitely. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Tantalizing a little bit there. Yep. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, Jim Fliss, thank you very much for talking to me, and uh, thanks a lot for hosting these events, and thanks for thanks for making rocketry a part of your life and a part of ours. Well, you are most welcome, and thank you guys for everything. All Sorry. right. Um, All right, folks, it's time for me to talk to you about our sponsor, eRockets.biz, your home for unique model rocket kits, as well as the world's largest selection of model rocket parts from SEMROCK. They've been in business since 2009. They don't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits. They also produce their popular versions of -of out-of-production models many of you have come to enjoy over the years. Now, I want to talk to you about SEMROCK. Now, I've talked about SEMROCK before here on the Model Rocket Show. I've talked about SEMROCK on the Rocketry Show when talking about e-rockets. But I have just actually finished, finished, absolutely to completion, my first SEMROCK. It was the SEMROCK Cherokee D, which is one of their retro repro. That's one of their throwbacks to the, the earlier days of Model Rocketry. And I've talked about the parts I've talked about how beautiful, how beautifully made all the parts are, but what struck me at this point was the quality of the decals. Have you ever had that thing where you're trying to put a water slide decal on a finished model and uh, you realize halfway through taking it off because maybe it's an odd shape or something, you should have slid it off the other direction and you start cursing yourself because you know you're never going to get it on there without tearing it and it's probably going to stick to itself and it's going to ruin all of your hard work. It's never going to look right and you might as well just quit rocketry. Well, that started happening to me as I was taking one of the decals off to put on my my Cherokee D. Uh, but I didn't panic and I was able to stop what I was doing and rearrange everything and smooth it out and it didn't tear. It was a nice, sturdy, beautiful decal. The model turned out beautifully. If you've never built a SEMROCK, you owe it to yourself to go to erockets.biz and check out their selection. They've got a lot of great stuff. They've got some fantasy models. They've got some scale models of of sounding rockets that are just absolutely beautiful. Right now I'm looking at the Iris, which is a nice uh, smaller uh, sounding rocket model. Uh, The IQSY Tomahawk 
Uh, they've got uh, an interesting one. If you like weird rockets, they've got one called the Maple Seed. The fins are, they look like, you know, the little helicopter maple seeds in a, at Apogee. Those pop off and they all twirl to the ground. It's really cool. They've got Micromax versions of some of your more popular Estes kits like the Goblin uh, and the Cherokee and the Fat Boy. Uh, these are tiny little rockets. And, and right now, when there's no launching available at clubs, you can launch these in the backyard because they don't go that high. They go like 60, 60, 80 feet tops. And of course, E-Rockets doesn't just have kits. They've got parts. If you need something for your custom build, for your scratch build, that's not a problem. They've got tons of airframes, nose cones, centering rings. E-Rockets has more rocket parts available than anyone else on Earth. So check out E-Rockets.biz today to learn more. E-Rockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, buy a train set. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. And before the break, we left off with a conversation I had with Jim Fliss a couple seasons ago. And he left us with the tantalizing information about the potential new buyer or buyers of the company. And of course, if you're in the hobby, you probably are aware that Fliss Kits is still around. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking to him. Uh, t- tonight, but we are talking to one of the two buyers, and that is Ray DePaula. Ray, how you doing? Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you and your partner Eric Henderson uh, bought the company from Jim. What is it? A couple years ago now? Just about. Uh, just over one year ago. Just actually. over a year. So yeah, that's right. Because it was two seasons ago that I talked to Jim, and that that's was right. September of 2018. So how how have things been going with Fliskets? Well, um, it's, it's been interesting. I'll start with that. Uh, lots of fun. We, we went up to Jim's partner's house and we came home with a moving van full of boxes of tubes and parts and you name it. Uh, everything went into my garage for a few weeks. And from there, we sorted through everything. And some stuff is at my house. Some's in a storage unit. Some is at Eric's house. And then from there, we very slowly figured out what we could actually make some of, started making kits. And uh, it was it was very slow for about three months, only a few things on, on the market. And now we're up to about 40 kits for sale, round numbers. And 40 kits is kind of a lot. Yeah, it's about half, the product, about half the product line. Sometimes people are, dream of getting into the model rocket business, but it's, it's a tough decision to make. So what led you and Eric to the decision to buy Fliss kits? We looked at two things that we thought were very interesting. One was the educational aspect of it. And for us, that was really the big driver. We think there's a tremendous upside potential to what Jim did with the jig fin designs, the thingamajig, the doodad, and the whatchamacallit, as well as the doohickey and the micromax side. Can you, and, for those of us, for those listeners who are less, less familiar with Fliskets, can you explain yep. a little bit about those? So what Jim did was he he made a classic Tab A goes into slot B sort of design for the fins. So the three fins interlock into a triangle, and then the, uh, the body tube fits snugly inside that. The whole idea being, if you don't have the motor skills to hold a fin straight and the patience to hold it there for enough time for glue to set up, um, it was a wonderful way to be introduced. So it's perfect for kids and, and beginners who are just yes. getting involved and maybe have never built before. Yes, absolutely. And, and, that, and, and those products have been big sellers throughout the first year. Education was a big part of Jim's vision. 
And uh, so it sounds like you're continuing that. Can you talk a little bit about the educational component of Fliskets? Sure. So there's there's a few pieces to it. The first piece is, as I mentioned, there's a, a wonderful intro rocket, um, not simply a couple of pieces of plastic with a sticker to hold them together, but something that you do have to actually build, you construct, and you get some ownership. And then there's another piece of the educational side of it, where is if you actually look at the kits, there's a very natural progression from that super, super simple design to kits like the Rhino, where you do have to hold fins on straight, but they're laser cut already, and so on down the line, more and more complex, introducing more topics until you get to things where you've got a cluster, you have to build the fins, cut the fins out of the raw balsa, put tubes together, cut tubes, cut tubes with funny angles. So there's this really a, a progression all the way to very, very complex. Then the third component is where we do quite a bit of outreach. And this is something that Eric and I had been doing before we bought Fliskets. It's something that we did quite a bit of. I personally did a tremendous amount of work with the Boy Scouts out of uh, Narragansett, Rhode Island. In our Gansett Council and um, done work with schools and libraries. And, and Jim had been doing that for years as well. And we've actually continued some of the things that Jim did. We've continued with the things that we're doing. And we're always looking for uh, new educators who are interested in getting their kids started in rocketry. I know Jim was going to still be involved. Is he still, is he still involved in Fliss Kits? He, he's certainly helping whenever we have questions or, or something doesn't seem clear to us. He is willing to do some new designs. We actually got very near the end of introducing a Saturn V. Ooh. We ran into supply issues. We just, we just crashed into one problem after another uh, through the spring last year. Yeah. We, we, uh, there were balsa shortages going on worldwide. A lot, a lot of minor things that just prevented us from getting the kit actually out the door. We will do it sooner or later. The design is essentially done. So it's a matter of, um, of getting the right, the right pieces together and then moving forward again. It'll happen. Everything will happen. <laughs> we have a, we have a lot of listeners who are you know longtime rocketeers and and uh, uh, they're probably familiar with Fliss kits. But we also have some because we're doing the model rocket show now. We also have some beginning listeners who you know maybe they've just built a couple of Estes rockets and they're looking for something outside of that. And uh, uh, Fliss kits is is one of those options. So can you tell us what it is that you feel sets Fliss kits apart as a a model rocket kit company? So as as a kit company, pretty much everything that we assemble and sell requires real construction skills. Mm-hmm. Um, everything has balsa nose cones still. We may, we may introduce a few larger rockets and we may move out of that at some point uh, for the larger rockets. But for now, everything is balsa nose cones, balsa wood fins, cardboard tubes. The designs are very, very unique. So you see lots of things with ring fins and fins and fins and fins mounted on top of a tube glued to the main body. And so you, you, it's the sort of things that you don't see very often in the market these days. Most of everything you see... a lot see, of interesting sci-fi designs, I know. Yes, there's, a, there's an entire series of stories that go along with some of the, some of the kits. And that's actually something we've talked to Jim about continuing with. We think there's a lot of... Uh, potential to continue with the the Fliskits sci-fi universe that he's been building over the last, well, he built it the first 16 years and uh, we'll go, we will, we will continue it. Well, I'm actually building my first Fliss kit right now. I it's, it's been on my build pile since I bought it directly from Jim about 
gosh, maybe three or four years ago, I'm building the, the tray, which okay, is a, good. it's a three motor cluster. It's a really interesting design. It's got uh, canted motor tubes. And as you say, you cut your own uh, fins and it is, it is a challenging build. It's, it's not a first time builder's rocket, but uh, I really am impressed with the motor mount design and I'm just really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I figured I've had this for such a long time. And now that we're, as we're recording this, obviously everyone's kind of, uh, self-isolating because of the global pandemic that's going around. Um, that's right. so I figured this is the, this is the perfect opportunity for, for me to, to build this, this kit. And, and especially since I knew I was going to be talking to you, I just thought, well, I should get, I should, I should start building that Fliss kit actually. Sure. Sure. Make, <laughs> makes absolute sense, right? You have, you have to have one. <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs yeah. One. Everyone needs one. I mean, it's, uh, do you, do, but do you have a favorite Fliss kit? I would have to say that the Tesla is my favorite Fliss kit. It's one that we have not yet reintroduced, but um, it's it's coming, and it has a uh, a ring, a plastic ring that gets connected to the body by uh, the fins, mm-hmm. and it's this extremely unusual design. It's just probably my favorite. And it has a it has it has nose weight, which is actually hidden. It's not really in the nose; it's hidden in the design. It's the sort of thing that I would custom design myself, and that, that's the other one of the other reasons we decided to buy it. As uh, someone said to me to launch one of the Nerf launches many years ago over in New York, uh, I was flying flying rockets. Uh, I think the one I was trying I was flying was a uh, also wooden rice paper rocket, mm-hmm. and they looked at me and they said, "You gotta go talk to Jim Fliss. He makes rockets that don't look like rockets, and you make rockets that should." that are made out of things that rockets should not be made out of. <laughs> and and actually, that was one of the first times I went to, te- to actually chat with Jim. And we had a nice long talk and I was discussing becoming a partner with him at one point. Nothing ever came of it. And then when he announced that he was going to close the company, I marched across the field right away and had, a, had about a two-hour conversation with him about his willingness to sell it. And that took uh, eight months of discussion. Eight months of discussion. <laughs> So that must have been what he that must have been what he was alluding to in uh I know you haven't heard the 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 conversation yet but it, the the conversation he and I had where he was being very uh coy about well there there've been talks there were talks <laughs> yeah and I, and I know that I was not the only person that expressed an interest um I I know that for a fact and we discussed the Micromax line the the interesting designs what he really wanted to do would would I gentleman's agreement commit to him that I would not just turn around, break a company apart and then sell it all off in pieces. And I said, no, my, my intention would be to run it for a significant amount of time and add to it. So then and on those lines, actually, we did introduce, and of course, given parts shortages, ran out of parts very quickly, an upscale of the tray, the tray 24. Yeah, I've 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 heard I've heard about this. It's pretty uh it's pretty cool. I mean it's already a pretty large the tray is already a pretty large model rocket, so the, yes. the upscale has got to be pretty impressive looking. Yes. Yeah, so, so what Jim had done was he people had asked him about it, and he put together a set of parts that you would need to get yourself started. So the the bigger mount, uh, he would sell you then the nose cone and the adapter. Mm-hmm. And what I decided, and then just some notes, and he give away the the plans. I said, why don't we actually make a kit out of this? Relatively straightforward to do. And we sold a few. I built one. I built one myself just to see how it went together. And then uh, we sold, I don't know, a handful, ran out of nose cones, and um, and everything kind of is ground to a halt with the uh, with the pandemic. So it was actually yeah. difficult to get things to show up. 
But that, that being said, uh, the people that make the parts for me are, are working on things as best they can. Yeah. And uh, while I'm waiting, I am half completing many, many kits. So I've got boxes and boxes of plastic bags with parts of a kit in each one and notes with each set to know so I know what's in them. Yeah. So well, I'll let me ready. ask you I'll about... Be, the... I'll be ready when the parts do show up, the final parts. So let me ask you about this, Art, because obviously the pandemic is a, is a huge issue right now. Are you yeah. are you still sending things out or are you on hold for the time being? Uh, I'm still sending things out. You're still sending things out. So um, uh, so what I would say, because I'm, I'm really enjoying this build of the trays, if you're looking for something to build during this time, consider a Fliss kit. And I would appreciate that. Because uh, <laughs> the, 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 the way I'm working, fortunately, this is not my sole means of livelihood. For um, an independent model rocket company, I think that's generally the, the way things go, right? Yes. You've got yes. to have, it's, it's like a, it's a sort of a sideline that you, and it's a labor of love. It's not, you're not going right. to get rich off of it. Right. Oh, but, for certainly not. Um, Jim actually made a living at it for some number of years before he yeah. uh, went back into teaching and, and did what he's doing now. But, uh, but no, it's a sideline for me. My goal is to get the income to continue to build uh, the product line and take some of the manufacturing in-house. At some point, I'll buy myself a laser cutter uh, because it'll be worth it. Um, yeah. but, but, it's, but it requires some of the income to show up, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So consider a Fliss kit if you are stuck at home and you are uh, looking for something a little more challenging, a little different to build, and you're working your way through your Estes pile. Check out uh, Fliskits. Are you, do you, are you still using, what is the website? Is it fliskits.com? Fliskits.com. Yep. All right. Well, uh, is there anything uh, new or on the horizon for us to look forward to? Any new designs? Um, I actually do have a fairly large rocket. Um, I've been experimenting with 24 millimeter mount and a 25, 29 millimeter mount for it. So that would be a first for Fliskits. Standing about four feet tall. Very, very loosely based on the solar probe from, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the, the TV show now, where the marionette shows from the 60s. Oh, oh, the, um, uh, yeah, th- is it the Thunderbirds? Thunderbirds. Th- yeah. yeah, Fabulous Thunderbirds, something like that. Yep, this was a little, bef- very... little before my time, but I'm, I'm familiar with yeah, the Yeah, very, very <laughs> loosely based. I, I don't, I, I've done a number of things like this in the past for myself. Yeah, and uh, I don't try to make them exact models because to me that it's, it's been done. Other people do that one off. I don't want to do that. I want to make things that are interesting, fun to build, that uh, have a resemblance to something else, and uh, and but are but are unique in their own way. And so that's coming. It's just again a matter of uh, when can we finish getting it together and uh, get the parts to be able to scale any kind of production up. And there'll be a few other ones. We're, we're, we're talking with a couple of other vendors about a few larger scale of um, three or four of the designs. So there's a lot of things coming. Some new designs in the smaller scales that I've had flying for a number of years privately. And then a few upscales of some things into uh, big rockets, you know, 38 millimeter yeah. mounts, that kind of thing. Wow. Be a different direction for the company. Yeah. yeah limited limited production runs though, very small yeah. numbers. But you do have, I mean, obviously you do have to innovate and you've got to change. As, as Jim sure. said in our conversation, uh, you know, you can't, you can't just rest on your laurels with a, a few kits. You got to always come up with something new. No, a true statement. So, and, and what yeah. we're doing now is using the inventory of whatever, a few hundred thousand tubes that I, I acquired <laughs> when, when we got the company <laughs> to, uh, to turn that into some income 
to then produce the next new thing. And uh, that will <laughs> that would have probably happened already, except things have slowed down as you'd expect uh, over the last month. Yeah, well, so, hopefully things will pick back up. And I'll, I'll say, you know, it's, it's I'm really pleased that you were able to make a go of it and, and buy the company because these little independent model rocket shops, you know, they... Uh, you know, every now and then they, they go out of business and people always hope that someone's going to come along and, and, uh, and snap them up and rescue them. It's not always possible, but it's, it's nice to know, especially because, you know, I, I know Jim, he's a member of, of my club and super nice guy. I always enjoyed talking to you, uh, at, at launches. And, um, so it's kind of nice to see that this is continuing and I, you know, I'm really glad that we got to put this together today because I recorded the uh, the first half of the show a couple of seasons ago. The files were lost. I had a computer crash and everything. I thought I had lost all the audio and I kind of felt bad because I Jim had spent time talking to me and I'm pretty sure he was looking forward to hearing the show and it just never came to fruition. Well, finally, I was able to find all the, all the audio on someplace I'd hidden it on the cloud. And uh, so we're able to bring this back together. But I think it's a real opportunity because now we have a show that's focused solely on model rocketry. So I think it's it's really the perfect fit for having you on to talk about Fliz Kits. And I, yep. I hope Jim will be pleased that we've uh, put this little uh, episode together, which is partly a thank you to him and a partly a, uh, uh, an introduction to Fliz Kits for those who are unfamiliar and say, hey, this is a, this is a cool little model rocket company. You should check them out. Well, we, you certainly, appreciate, we certainly appreciate that. And yeah. we look forward to uh, hanging on to the company for you know, a good number of years. We'll see if we go as as long as Jim did. Don't know, but we are certainly looking to expand as uh, best we can, and we're certainly looking to continue to serve the the community because we oh, think this great. this does fill a, a good niche. It's a big wide niche actually because it has this all kinds of different designs. But um, it's a real. Most of these kits are real constructors' kits. Yeah. You have to want to build something. They're unique. Yeah. You have to want to build, and you end up with something that. Unless you're in CMAS or uh, potentially a Cato, where I do most of my flying here in Connecticut, you show up with a the average Fliss kit, and people look at it and they say, "Where on earth what did you get that? that? <laughs> what is that thing? Yeah. Does that thing fly?" I mean, it, so uh, so it's all it's all good. It really is all yeah. good. I'm, we're yeah. look, very much looking forward to continuing this. Yeah. Well, Ray DePaula of Fliss Kits, thanks so much for talking to us, and good luck with your future sales. And uh, thanks a lot. Thank you, Dan. All right, folks, that is Fliss Kits on the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. I'm your host, The Rocket Noob. If you want to send me an email, comment, question, uh, what have you, send me a voice recording if you'd like to. You can reach me at noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's N-0-0-B at themodelrocketshow.com. And uh, if you want to uh, help the show out, please, the best thing to do is share the show with uh, one of your rocketry friends. Let other people know about the show. Also, if you have time and you want to, write us a quick review on your podcasting app. That always helps people find the show. Also, if you want to support the, the show through Patreon, uh, we are linked with The Rocketry Show, so you can just go to patreon.com slash show and chip us a couple of bucks a month. That would really help. Uh, but really, the main thing is just share the show with friends. My personal rocketry blog, The Rocket Noob, that's Rocket Noob at blogspot.com. We'll be linked to our website, themodelrocketshow.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rocket Noob if you want to, if you do those kinds of things. Other than that, uh, hey, have a good couple of weeks. New episode of The Rocketry Show coming out next week. We should be back in two weeks. 
So uh, enjoy, get to building, and uh, stay safe out there. All right, catch you next time. Now here's one of the coolest, most exciting products I've seen in a long time. Just imagine the thrill and excitement of launching your own real rocket into the heavens. Reach altitudes of over a thousand feet and then watch your rocket majestically return back to Earth on its own colorful parachute. These amazing rockets can be launched over and over again. Just replace the rocket motor for each new flight. For propulsion, they use the new QJet composite propellant model rocket motor from Aerotech West. This revolutionary high-performance rocket motor uses the same family of propellant as the space shuttle booster. Aerotech West has successfully miniaturized NASA technology, so now you can create your own private space program and launch whenever and wherever you wish. They feature complete star designs, dozens of awesome rocket kit designs, a complete line of high-performance composite propellant model rocket motors, plus launch bands, launch controllers, and many accessories. Check out their entire line of incredible model rocketry products at aerotech-rocketry.com or questaerospace.com. Armed and counting, three, two, one, blast off.